2: Hello and welcome to another episode of I Way with Jamila Jamil, a podcast against shame. I hope you are well and I hope you are ready for the warmest of all warm hugs of an episode because today's chat left me feeling so high with happiness. I think it's genuinely one of my favourite chats I've had and it was with someone with whom I wasn't super familiar. I was obviously familiar with her face and I'd seen some of her content and always loved it, but I hadn't really deeply looked into the guest until having to research her for this interview. And then upon sitting down and meeting her and getting into the nitty gritty of what she wants, who she is, what she's trying to do online, I was totally on board and so in love. Her name is Elise Myers. And if you don't recognize her name, you will definitely recognize her face if you are on any form of social media, because she's kind of taken over during the pandemic through just being so fucking relatable And entertaining and funny and charm, super, super charming and not at all try hard. And in this episode, we talk about the mental health effects of being a content creator and staring at your face all day, especially with the pressures of being a woman. We discuss uh, very personal things like her experience with postpartum depression and how that varied from her typical depression. We talk about her ADHD and how a teacher in school embraced her differences rather than shamed her and what huge difference that made to the rest of her life. And we discuss the struggle dealing with the internet scrutiny and regularly being questioned as to your integrity. It, we went all over the shop and yet it just felt like such a cohesive, uh, I don't know, display of two women loving each other so much. She's got a podcast of her own, which is fantastic. It's called Funny Because It's True. Um, I'm about to be a guest on it, which is exciting because I can't wait to chat to her again. And I i don't know. I don't know. It was just like a, sometimes these podcasts just feel like a really great date, like a really great friend date. And that's how I felt at the end of this. She was just as British people would say, sound as a pound. And I wish we had more public figures who approach things the way that she does and who talked as candidly as she does about truly fucking everything. So sit back, relax, and hopefully feel very seen by the lovely Elise Myers. Bloody Myers. Welcome to I Way. Hello. <laughs>
0: thank you. Hello. Your background is beautiful. Your ah, fireplace looks amazing. Thank
2: you. I like to keep my um, trash in the background of all of my. Uh, same. All of my stuff. It makes yeah, me feel same. good. Yeah, same. This is yeah, the yeah. only
0: clean room I have because I podcast out of it. Every <laughs> other room in this house looks like somebody just broke in and, and rummaged through all of our things and stole it.
2: I live with four men, so you can only imagine. The, what is that the situation dungeon my house cement? is turning into? Uh they're all my lovers. Um oh, amazing. I rotate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. no, my <laughs> harem. Um no, I uh I live with my boyfriend but also uh my best friend since I was younger because wow. I I'm not going to have children, so they are really my children.
0: I love I've just that. built a little
2: commune of um <laughs> middle-aged people.
0: <laughs> I was just, I was just telling my husband, like when I, when we first got married, our best friends were still from college. Cause we got married young and I really miss like, um, rooming with everybody. And my best friends were usually guys. And so I didn't room with guys until the end, but like, we would all go together and we were all at each other's flats and it was like just the best, like having all everyone all together and it feels like you're just in summer camp 24-7. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel that way. No, that's literally what around. it is. We were playing yeah. Rocket League, uh,
2: which is a really silly football um game. It's like where you play soccer uh using a car. So you're in cars kicking a ball. Is it an actual a a game or a video yeah, game? It's a video game. Yeah. Can you imagine oh, okay. if I was like, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, we're I was in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we were play, up playing Rocket League until about 1.30 in the morning. And I was like, I looked at one of them. and I was like, do you think that this would be our mid thirties? Is this <laughs> like, I thought we'd be sensible and we'll have, we'd have established boundaries, but no. I Here hope that that's mid-30s for everyone.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? How have you been? Good. I've been good. i uh doing a lot of like writing right now because I'm pregnant. I'm trying to do all the things that aren't in front of camera because every once in a while I just feel like I'm like, I don't want to be in front of a camera right now on the screen, mm-hmm. like making content every day. You know, you can look at your face too much. Like I, I'm taking a face break from social media right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and it's like, people just don't realize the effects on your mental health of staring at your face for eight to 10 hours a day. And what is the um, effect on
2: your mental health of staring at your face? I mean, you've got a lovely face. I I like looking at
0: it. (laughs) Thank you. You just become, you, you remove yourself from the, the image of your face. Like you don't, you don't recognize that you're looking at yourself anymore. And you start to like disconnect from the person in front of you. And you start to critique this stranger, like you you totally disconnect from your from yourself, and um, it's helpful. So you're not emotional about what you're editing. But it's not helpful when you walk away and you are still that person, and you have now ripped them to shreds for the last eight hours. And then now you're taking them home with you. It's very bizarre. It's like you can't be impartial when you're editing your, yourself. And, and a lot of content of what I do is very personal. And a lot of vlogs I do are day in the lives where I'm literally just setting up cameras and recording what I'm doing and then editing it. It's, it's just like a weird Truman show kind of feeling where you're just like seeing yourself as not yourself. And it's very weird. So, um, yeah, you start to kind of disassociate and disconnect and, um, it doesn't, it's not helpful when you go home and you're, you're trying to be really mindful with your family and, and, uh, kind to yourself. Cause you realize you can't scrutinize yourself that way in everyday life. Like I can't look at my face when I'm getting ready in the morning, not editing a video and being like, God, there's so much acne and redness here. We have to fix it. you know, or like, not, I don't fix my video, but like, you know, color correct or like just all of that. It's mm-hmm. you, you start to see yourself as not a person. And so, um, yeah, taking breaks every once in a while where I start to do things and edit things that aren't around me, like it aren't around my face, but are like stories for the book or podcast stuff that is, we don't do video and, um, things like that. It's, it's really, really helpful for me, uh, for yeah. my mental health. Well,
2: it's quite, um, dehumanizing, isn't it? That we sell ourselves uh, Yeah, the, in the way that we do. I think there are other ways to sell yourselves that maybe don't feel dehumanizing, but I, uh, I feel like, um, it's so, it's so specific and so personal. And, and I think that so many people participate in it now even if in just a casual way they don't realize that they're being impacted by constantly feeling the need to update people on your existence and having to sell stuff and having to use your face and your life and and, uh, you know, I talk a lot about my trauma on this podcast and so it's, uh, it's a strange kind of dance with the devil you do, but at the same time, it's so amazing to be able to connect with people in a way that you can only do when you're vulnerable and when you share yeah. yourself and then you get to learn about them and then you build a community and then you get to hear their stories. Like I've learned so much from this audience because they write me the most beautiful letters every day. And that would never have happened if I just put out like an empty facade of, yeah, you know, get ready with me. And not yeah. to say that's like bad, but that just wouldn't have led to the connection I have now.
0: Yeah, so. I honestly, I think that that's what's really unique about what I do and the audience that or the community that I've built around my content is because it's so genuine to myself and because I am so vulnerable in it, the immediate response from people, whether it's online or letters or in person when they're meeting me, it's never light. It's, I never run into somebody in public and they're just like, high five Elise. Like, you're so funny. I love what you do. It's like, it's an immediate like soul connection that we have that they feel Mm -hmm. like they have to me that they, there's no boundaries and which is, it's beautiful because it means that they've, my content has allowed them to like drop things in their life and to process things. But in the presence of me, it's, I'm not emotionally capable of taking that on and handling it because I don't know this person the way that they know me. Mm -hmm. And so that's really interesting. This, like the idea of like sharing myself and it is so one-sided, but it doesn't feel one-sided to the people consuming the content and having to kind of reorient myself every single time I interact with somebody that follows me and, and enjoys what I do and um, it's that is something that is I did not expect because I hang out all, at home all day alone with my family, so it's like I'm not in public a lot. And then when you are, I don't, do you do you feel that way? Like because you're yeah, still I
2: definitely do. I definitely do. But I think I'm less personable than you are. I think people who listen to my content or who watch my videos think one of two things: either that I'm going to be like an unfriendly, ranting monster who just wants to take down the patriarchy 24 hours a day. That's definitely like the um, the headline version of me. That's been. <laughs> Created by the media oh, or sucks. people who listen to this podcast that's sort of fine it's kind of nice um but um because uh, a lot of uh, really annoying people leave me alone therefore um but also uh, to people but the listen people who listen to this podcast expect a slightly awkward weirdo and so people approach me accordingly and are very careful and very kind and mm. uh gentle and um i i enjoy those those little interactions. And I think I'm able to because I I leave the house so rarely. yeah. So it's, so I'm I'm sort of ready for it when I do leave the house, but it's really 98% of my life is lived in my bed. So is that because (laughs) on purpose? Is
0: that for a reason? It's because I'm not,
2: I'm not very well and I'm extremely lazy. So, okay. and I'd say I'm. It's lazy. Sixty percent, forty percent, not feeling very well. I just okay. love my bed. I make all my content, edit all my content, do everything from my bed. I, wow. I, I, I've never spent money on furniture apart from my bed, where I was like, right, I'm gonna, gonna nail this because this is where I'm gonna live out the rest of
0: my years. <laughs> Honestly, isn't it something like you spend like sixty percent of your life sleeping? Isn't that like a stat? So like yeah. it makes sense to. So for me, I'm like at eighty yeah. five percent at this
2: point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I definitely relate to. I definitely relate to what you're saying. You mentioned the Truman Show uh, aspect of it, which is a way that I think I hadn't looked at your life or people who are like you who vlog. Um, what was it that made you want to start putting yourself out there in that way? That was so kind of just raw and explicit. And relatable?
0: Well, I I started honestly in probably the deepest or the darkest season of my life on accident. Um, It was like six months after I had my son. I was like dealing with some very serious like postpartum depression and anxiety. And it was debilitating. It was like I was a shell of myself. I did not recognize myself. And I was taking care of this human being that relied on me 100% and my husband worked. And so I was working like full time and taking care of our son and I was dead inside. And it was like the worst I've ever felt. And um, I ta- I've i talked about it a little bit, but I, I didn't prepare myself for postpartum depression and anxiety because I've struggled with depression and anxiety my whole I life. Don't,
2: I don't actually know very much yeah. about it. I know it exists. I know that friends of mine have had it, but yeah. if you feel okay yeah. delving into it, I think a lot of people would be interested to hear it from someone
0: else's perspective. Totally. It's So I always saw it before I experienced it as postpartum was the time that it happens, not the type of depression and anxiety that is happening. So I always thought like, yeah, it's depression that happens postpartum. So it's going to be the same thing. You know, you're just a little more tired. But when I was in it, it was truly this like when when I had been depressed before, it was it was I had no hope in it. But then postpartum was like you feel even like angrier because you don't want to feel this way because you're taking care of a newborn. It it's like elevated in a way where all your focus goes on this person that the way that you feel is so bad that like you feel even more guilty because this person relies on you and you you they're not an adult. Like they're not your boyfriend or your husband or your partner or your friend that you can walk away from and be like, hey, I'm not feeling well. Can I like reschedule this coffee? It's like whether you feel good or not, this person needs you to feed them, put them down, give them a bath, like hug them, make sure that they're not crying, like give them everything. You are and they're everything.
2: absorbing right your emotions, yes. and they're learning yes. from you, and so then you're like terrified of what they're absorbing.
0: Yes, and and any bit of control that you have and like bodily autonomy that you have when you're regular depressed, and I'm not com- like comparing these two. That like one is not worse than the other. They're just so different. Like when I was regular depressed, like I had bodily autonomy and control over my life, whether it felt like it or not. But then with postpartum, it was like, there was just no, there was no landline that felt hopeful enough, if that makes sense. And, and I was trying to not tell anybody, because you feel like you're the only, I mean, I was the person taking care of my son. And so if anybody knew that I was having these like horrific not real thoughts, you know, like I was like, my son's going to get taken away from me. Like it's not, but it's not real. You know, it's, it's intrusive thoughts that are so far beyond like what you would actually do. And so it it was just a lot of like trying to reconcile, like, is this me? Is this depression? Is this just being tired? And then trying to be honest with people. And so I felt like I was forgetting who I was and I was very alone and very isolated. And so to go back to your question, I, I, started uh, making content um, purely for me. I did not think anyone was going to see it. And I started sharing stories about my life. So I was telling stories from college and my childhood. And I was genuinely just doing it as a way to remember who I was, because I was like, I know she's in there. Like, I know she exists still. And I want to like be her again. I want to enjoy my life. And my son deserves a mom that wants to be alive and enjoy their life. And um, my husband deserves a wife that is present and um and uh, I deserve a life that I love and so i I started you know sharing those stories, and I didn't talk about the negative stuff I was experiencing. I just was being honest about stories about my life, and I think that that honesty and me looking the way I did, you know, not dolling myself up for the camera. It -hmm. was genuinely four in the morning. And I looked very much like I do now, but no mascara on. And like, I uh, was making coffee and I was telling these stories. And I think people saw themselves in me, Um, whether they knew what I was going through or not. They just felt that this is a person that is like being honest about their life. And there's not, it's hard to find a lot of that online and it. I've experienced that it's very refreshing when I come across people where I'm like, you are just a normal ass person. Like, sorry, I don't know Mm. if I can cause, but like just a normal person. Okay. (laughs) Um, a normal person just like sharing their life. Like I find that very refreshing. And so Mm -hmm. I think that people saw that and that's kind of what led to the takeoff of, of my platform online. Wow. And do you ever feel like, fuck, I can never (laughs)
2: close the door now. Or do you feel like a sense of autonomy of I've given a lot, I've said a lot and and it is my right to keep certain things for myself. I just wonder because a lot of people I know who have kind of risen through the YouTuber or even tiktok phase suddenly feel this sense of how do I ever regain authority as to what's mine?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been very careful from the beginning simply because boundaries and like feeling safe have always been something that I, I, I hold very like high in regard in my life and, and I want to make sure everybody in my life also feels safe. So um, I have always been very careful with what I share online where if you notice a lot of my stories are a mix of things that are just ho- only have happened to me or or have happened with me and one other person that I've asked permission or just completely like removed their real details of themselves out of the story. Um, I don't, I don't share my son online. I, I, me and my husband are very careful about what we talk about within our relationship. And, um, so I've set that parameter very early on of like, I share what I want to share and all of it is honest, but I'm not going to open up doors to my life that feel like are personal. Because at the end of the day, when you do share so much, especially such explicit details about stories that have happened to me and my inner monologue, they're like, it's very personal. You have to have parts of your life that are just yours, like without a camera around and relationships that aren't being documented. And um, so that that, keeps me feeling very regulated.
1: Justin and so good. When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, tiger? That's a yes. Find FreshStep Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. FreshStep is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.
2: It's also very important given like how as soon as you start to rise the way that you have and you're a woman and you're bright and you're authentic, um, people start to scrutinise every single fucking detail of you. And it's been wild to watch from the outside uh, when it happens to other people, uh, including my watching, you know, what's going on with you where all you're doing is just uh, telling your truth and being yourself and people feel the need to have an opinion on that. Can you talk to me about what that's like for your mental health as someone who has, you know, gone through things with uh, anxiety or depression and who has things that you're juggling emotionally anyway. What is that like? How does it feel? Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny. I look back on early interviews. I did like first few months for six months and I would get like people asking me, um, you know, what do you do about the negative comments? And I was so naive. I just laughed because I was like, the community I've built is so nice. Like, and it is like 99% is like the mm-hmm. nicest people you've ever met. And I'm like, I just don't get a lot of hate comments. Like, there's not a lot to really like say about, I'm just told, you know, t- And I, I look back and I'm like, oh God, Elise, you were so, so naive and wrong. Um, What's changed people, since then? Well, people just like the number the number one thing that really gets to me is like, you can you can just dislike me. You can see my face and be like, God, I hate her so much. Just like get off my feet. Like that I can't control. That I'm never going to be liked by everybody. It's when people hear a story of mine and think I'm lying or think that I'm like exaggerating it <laughs> for a view is like so crazy to me. Because if you knew me in real life, like I would never sleep at night. I one time got a detail wrong that I realized was wrong. Like six months later, when somebody brought it to my attention, that was not even a detail important in a story, the story, like it didn't change the end results of the story, but it was one detail. And I was like, I had a full on like panic attack about it. So I was like, oh my gosh, this person thinks I lie. Like I am, I value honesty so much that it's the idea that I would make up stories like this and, and then add pictures in that have nothing to do with it just because it looks like it proved the story, right? Like, is so crazy to me and mm-hmm. I've always struggled um, because of the way I was like brought up in my family life when I was a child, like uh, learning what was true and what wasn't has always been something very important to me. And so when somebody thinks that I'm lying, it's just basically the most misunderstood I could feel. And I can't explain myself because I'm not going to respond to every single person that's like, you're lying. you're gonna, like, you're making this up. And so I just have to sit with it and you just have to like accept that and know that somebody on the planet thinks that about you and it's that to me is what affects my mental health the most um it makes me feel like I just want to like throw my phone into a lake and like never make content
2: again yeah yeah I feel the same way I feel it's the only thing that bothers me
0: I get the so much shit from the
2: left and the right about social politics and policing whether I've said everything perfectly and policing whether I look perfectly and I, and I don't give a shit it doesn't bother me at all but the amount of people who I'll just say a thing that happened and they'll be like that didn't that didn't happen Oh and God. and they have no idea and they don't know me and they never met me and it literally just happened and I have witnesses and they're just like no it didn't happen um, And it is a it is a thing that people who aren't in the public eye experience all the time that women especially uh, deal with constantly we have been groomed to not believe women right We have been groomed to think of women as manipulators and liars and uh, it goes all the way back to the Bible, you know, old Eve. And blaming her for everything and she manipulated that poor old sweet innocent Adam who's got no agency as a full-grown man of pubes and his balls um and so there's been this kind of lineage of stories of women are witches women cast spells women do the, that we we have to be seen as dangerous so that uh the way in which we are controlled is justified does that make yeah. sense yeah
0: that we, we can't be trusted so therefore we must be caged yeah And And yeah, that's, I mean, that's genuinely been like the, my experience, even when what I talk about isn't wild. Like I will have story, I had a story one time where, um, I had, I had my hat on and it was my merch hat and I just launched merch for the first time and I didn't know how to tell someone that it was my merch because that sounded so ridiculous coming out of my mouth that I would have merch. I wanted to like vomit every time I tried to say that. (laughs) And, uh, so they were like, that's a really, really cool, really cool hat. Where'd you get it? And I was like, oh, it's, it's my hat. (laughs) Like trying to be like. It's I'd made like it's my designed hat. I just kept saying out loud like it's my hat. Like <laughs> like I own this hat. And he uh he was like okay like, that's fine. And like, that was basically the point of the story was that like, I could not get out of my mouth. Like, this is my merch happened in an Apple store. This guy came forward was like, yeah, this happened. I took a photo of her uh, for, uh, yeah. Anyways, whole story. And someone's like, that never happened. That's so ridiculous. And I was like, the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard is that I told someone I, it was my hat. (laughs) Like that's, that's (laughs) the craziest story you've ever heard. Like, it's not even like stories that are out of this world. It's just the fact that someone cannot. Imagine someone remembering something that happened, articulating it in a way that makes sense and is entertaining, and then like people li- liking it. Like I don't know if they just think that like no one would like this. I don't. It's not
1: true. It's I so think,
2: weird. I think part of it comes from the fact that if we have been programmed to not believe women and not trust women and kind of not like women, when you find yourself liking a woman uh, for a sustained something's period wrong of time, with her, like something's wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. I've missed something. Something's wrong with her. How is she doing this? Yeah, how is she doing this? Why isn't she? Why is she having success? Why is she popular at school? Why is she popular? What is this? It, it still comes back to a form of like a, a social witchcraft. Yeah, like what is it about her? She can't possibly be this authentic. She can't possibly be nice. Like there's a what's the catch? What's where's the catch? Where's the catch? Oh yeah, like, with, 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 like, everything to do with a woman is like she's only wearing makeup because she wants this out of this person. Like it's everything has to be calculated with us it can never just be that we are being and and it can never be that we are just trying to have a nice time everything has to have a bigger design of what we can steal predominantly from men or from each other
0: in your career like where did you decide that this was not worth your time or do you still struggle with letting that kind of stuff go
2: Oh well, I mean, I've spoken about it on this podcast before, so sorry, dear listeners. Um, But uh, in 2020, I just got accused of lying about literally everything about myself. Uh, It was really weird. Um, And I mean, from my sexuality to my health uh, to uh, all of my motives and everything I've ever said, like everything got torn apart and uh, and ripped to pieces, and I got ripped to pieces, even though I had witnesses to everything that I was talking about uh and I became suicidal from the the kind of global gaslighting. and once I recovered from that I was like oh you know what actually it's not really my responsibility to be believed or Mm. liked and the people who are smart will understand and resonate with me and will be able to see my authenticity and it's very much a, a matter of like the people who don't mind what was it the people that mind
0: don't matter and the people that don't... Ma- oh, God. That it? matter don't mind.
2: Yeah. Wait, it's yeah. Let's, can you say it properly? <laughs>
0: the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind.
2: Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Um, and so I can never get it right. I don't know why I keep trying to say it. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> just, you're just trying to like redeem yourself every time. and It doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so frustrating. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I think I came to a point where I was just like, oh, you know what? This is actually like, I think it was... Uh, a period of me starting to investigate the greater pattern of the way that we treat women and that all that's happening to me is that I'm a lightning rod that is showcasing right the world how the world is treating me is just a a bigger more amplified version of how Mm. women are treated in every area of their lives at every level in every country in some way it can either be at school in the office or whatever in the workplace in the street in the supermarket um I am just being uh, amplified as an example of all of the vicious ways in which we, we show hatred and, and, and control and gaslighting towards women. And I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't actually personal. This Mm. isn't personal. Like I'm not even a human being to a lot of these people. They're just saying it to say it because they hate
0: what I represent, which is women and so that's a really good way to look at it being like I'm a lightning rod and I'm an example of like what's happening to women everywhere because it's hard to not feel personal like it's personal in that moment but that's really good
2: it's really not personal I can't be personal because they don't know me and they weren't fucking there yeah so it just can't be
0: personal yeah
2: and and it's uh and it, it set me free and then I was like oh okay oh Oh, if they thought I was annoying before now, like now (laughs) Now that I don't care, like they, I was robbed in broad daylight of all of my fucks. And now I have none left to give. And uh, I'm now just like a wild loose cannon is putting everything out there. And I don't really give a fucking shit if you believe me or not, because I know it happened. I know I'm not crazy and I'm going to continue to thrive and tell my stories and tell my truth. And you can either get on or you can fuck off and that's <laughs> genuinely how i feel and i think this is once amazing you, and 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 all that changed was my mindset it didn't make mm. people start to believe me more but i changed and i found my power and my life has gone on to completely thrive my mental health thrives and it is just it's honestly the amount of people i don't like and judge and it doesn't impact their lives negatively means it should never impact my life that other people don't like me or
0: judge me yeah I think, I think that the difference, some, some, not to negate that at all, the no, difference no, is a lot of, a lot of the times the people that you're silently judging and not liking, you're not making content about them so that they yes. see it so that they feel yeah. horrible about themselves. Like, no, of course, but I all I mean that is that, hard. but no, I totally agree with you.
2: But what I mean is that like, I don't go around loving and admiring totally. everyone else. So therefore I don't really expect anyone to go around loving or admiring yeah. me. And it doesn't make me some great Buddhist. It just means that I've just, my body shape is none of my business anymore. My skin is none of my fucking business anymore. <laughs> and how I come across is none of my business anymore. Cause I can't mm. control someone else's perception of any of those things. Yeah. And, and now that I've come to terms with that, and I think that's a thirties thing, I feel free.
0: Yeah. That's really good. I just, I'm just taking notes over here. No, <laughs>
2: like, bless you. This is amazing. Um, so, so I would love to talk to you in a bit more depth about your mental health that you've been super open with, um, so boldly and so beautifully. And again, so I hate the word relatable. It's been totally bastardized <laughs> in the last 10 years. Um, cause again, it sounds like someone, something that someone's doing, um, uh, with motive, but, yeah. um, I, I, I find you deeply relatable and enjoyable to watch. Uh, Mm. Can you talk to me about your mental health journey then, aside from the postpartum depression?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just something I've always struggled with. I think, you know, I I had my first panic attack when I was uh, like nine years old. I didn't know it when I was younger, but I would go through downswings with depression that I later found out was depression, you know, like in high school. Um... And honestly, my entire life has just felt like I have been trying to get back to the starting line where everyone else just starts. And it's really everything in my life has become a a system so that I know if things are out of order and kind of chaotic, like what's wrong with the system and how do we fix the system to get back to like the finish or a starting line so we can then be at baseline with everybody else and then start, you know, your life. Um. That's really and, beautiful. That's, that's, oh, really,
2: that's a really special way of looking at it, of trying to get back to where you were rather than trying to get to the final destination of perfect happiness and mental health. Oh,
0: yeah. It's honestly, that's not possible. Like, that, I've never known the finish line, so I, it's there's no point in trying to get there. It's gen- Have you even I,
2: known anyone who's
0: found it? No. Or who no, knows where it never, is? Never, no. <laughs> yeah. So there's no point. It's like, I just want to make sure that I can do what I know I can do to, to get to baseline so that then my life can kind of mm. be what it wants to be. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been something that I've sometimes been on medication and sometimes off of it. And I've always been honest and I've never kind of been ashamed of like therapy and which is wild. Cause when I, I married my husband, it, he was like, he, he had never experienced openness about your feelings that way. And, and mm. it just wasn't the way he was brought up. And we were just talking the other day because um, I post a lot li- recently. I've been posting a lot about my OCD, which is something I, I didn't talk a lot about in high school because I, I thought it was more anxiety. And then later getting diagnosed with OCD, I was like, OK, cool. That's super different. <laughs> and uh, Sharing that with him. I, I've been sharing see- these videos of when I do day in the life, so sometimes I get stuck in, um I call them loops. They're like some people call them ticks, but like these moments where I get stuck in this loop where I literally cannot, you know, move forward unless I complete this loop. I don't know how long it's going to be. What do you mean by a, a loop? A loop, yeah. So um, one of my things with OCD is is uh, flexing my muscles. So like I, uh, there's these muscles in my arms that when they don't feel like they flex right, they uh, I get stuck in this loop where I cannot continue what I'm doing until I have the exact motion that I you know completed in, and it's like okay that feels good, I can move forward. Um, and when I'm filming day in the life, I have my camera set up and I'm all excited and I'll get stuck in this loop for like 15 minutes of me just standing there. I can't turn the the camera off because that I need to finish the loop. Like I can't stop what I'm doing. Water sometimes is still on from washing my hands. Like it's, it's really embarrassing to like have so much raw footage of me getting stuck in my OCD loops and, um, And I've just started to post little moments of them because I talk out loud while I'm doing them because I'm aware of what's happening. It's not Mm -hmm. like I just like black out and I come back to when, you know, the loop is closed. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm fully aware that if anyone walked in while I was doing this, they'd be like, what's going on? Like, are you all right? You know, and Mm -hmm. I, uh, so one time I was like, um, one of the videos was uh, like, you're not crazy, Elise. You just have OCD. And then the next shot was like, which is a little crazy. (laughs) like." Just that kind of like self-talk of like, mm-hmm. man, I am fully aware looking outside in like this is this seems wild. But being honest about that really helps me kind of laugh about it. And sometimes that's the thing that gets me out of it. And do people do people accept that or do people say this is staged for attention? Like, oh, people have all kinds of opinions. I've never gotten it staged because it looks like very like uncomfortable like it's uncomfortable to watch you know and so um I mean maybe I I stay I try and stay out of my comments on YouTube as much as possible
2: I just wanted to know because you oh yeah because it's such a vulnerable thing and I was like I wonder how if if people are being scrutinizing your stories
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, me, most most of the time people scrutinize um, the fact that I'm posting it at all. Like a lot of people are like, this is not helpful. Like This is weird. Like, why are you posting this? And then you get like 90% of the comments from people that are like, this is my exact type of OCD. And I have never seen it in anybody. I have tried to explain this to my family my whole life. Like, I have people that say they send my videos to their moms and are like, this is me. This is what I've been experiencing. And like, my whole family is telling me I'm a liar. And this is it right here. Like, it's so it's so like life-changing for me to see those those responses that I keep doing it. But I was just, you know, talking to my husband saying like the, the fact that I post those and people see themselves in it is like so validating of like, yes, this is why I do this. And this is why I'm embarrassed in that moment. And this is why I let people in and, um, I've always felt comfortable doing that, but now with millions of people watching, it, it's just a continuous like check-in with myself of like, am I comfortable doing this? Am I comfortable sharing this? Because I had somebody, when I was starting really early on, say, um, if you don't want to talk about this, 17 million times in front of 17 million people, then I would not let it come out of your mouth (laughs) because you're going to then do it over and over and over again. And uh, I was like, okay, okay. And uh, that's 100% true. I have known that to be true since the very first day I started doing anything in public, um, just in general. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And so I, I'm careful about letting things in, people in. And when I do, it's like, I know this is going to be something I'm going to talk about till the day I die. It's going to be printed on my
1: tombstone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba
2: it's also ADHD that you have struggled yeah. with which isn't to do with mental health necessarily but it can impact your mental
0: health can you oh, talk yeah. to me a
2: bit about that now that you've opened that door and I'm going to yeah. be part of the floodgates
0: <laughs> great <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah ADHD has been something I've had since I probably was born honestly um it can you explain is... what that
1: is just yeah, for yeah. anyone so...
0: who might be new to it Yeah, so there's there's ADD, there's ADHD. ADD is just attention deficit disorder. ADHD is attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Um, And it essentially is like this like inability to focus. But with that, with with the H added in there for me, it's hyperactivity. So those kids that you thought like you just like fed a bunch of sugar to and just like couldn't calm down or like tying shoelaces in class under like desks, like that was me. Um, And it- truly made me feel like I was the biggest inconvenience my entire life like I have felt like I am just like the root of everyone's problems around me like it, that is what internal I like internalized and if you see behind me I have a treadmill desk like I don't work unless I'm walking I used to pace when I first uh, had my apartments I would I was a web developer and I had my laptop and I would uh, be coding with one hand because I would be holding my laptop with the other and like pacing in a room a fun um, for I,
2: your downstairs neighbor
0: Oh, I know. Luckily I was oh. in the garden level. Okay. So it was like, right, 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 like bottom. Otherwise it's like living yeah. on the Jumanji. Yes, <laughs> I know. <Go> <laughs> but I actually picked the first level apartment for that exact reason. Like that is like how like deep this like insecurity goes in me. So yeah, like I, when I was in school, my the first teacher that I ever had that accommodated my ADHD was um, I would rip paper up and I would make huge messes and I would be super um, like distracting in class. And uh, it if I didn't rip paper, I would be singing and humming and not paying attention at all. But if I could take a piece of paper and I'd take one notebook sh- sheet and I'd start the corner and I'd rip a thin layer all the way down to the point where I would like rip a little like spiral in the whole thing, yes. be, you know, like when you yeah, spiral. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God.
2: I, I rip paper constantly yeah. uh, when I'm nervous and when I'm anxious. I love to yes. tear pieces of paper to the point where like one of the most moving things a uh, partner ever did for me was... Uh, when we were walking into a party and I'm terrible in social situations terrible at parties hate parties so much uh always have um they they knew I was going to be anxious and handed me a piece of a uh, little piece of tissue paper to to so I could walk around just ripping it up like <laughs> gently in my hand It, it <laughs> makes I you was, feel like so known, never right? so
0: seen yeah <laughs> Well, so that's, that's exactly what this teacher did. So I would rip paper up and this teacher put a ream of printer paper on my desk and let me come in. And he was like, you don't, he's like, you don't have to worry about cleaning it up. Just like, don't rip up anybody else's paper and I'll take care of it. And like that, it was exactly that you feel so loved, so seen. Like for the first time, someone's like, Hey, this thing that you do is not an inconvenience to me Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to do it. Like, that's how it feels. Just like the partner, like giving you the tissue paper, like it's a big deal. And when you just have every, like when it feels like everything you do is like a negative to somebody else, when somebody does that to you, you just feel like, maybe I am not as much of a problem as I think I am. And maybe I'm not, you know, an issue to other people. And so, yeah, the the ADHD um, has been that. And then learning how to be medicated has been a life-changing thing. Um, And then also like, be like being having ADHD with a partner is very interesting because he gets to see all of the things that are not like quirky and cute about it. You know, like, I think that social media has taken ADHD and made it something that's like funny and it is, it is, it can be very funny, but I think that because like, um, a lot of people are like self-diagnosing them themselves on, on TikTok, especially like I see it all over my for you page of like, maybe you have ADHD, ADHD. If like um you, you like to scroll on TikTok while watching a TV show or like little things like that. And I'm like, totally that, that you totally could have ADHD maybe, but also you could just like, like to, you know, do multiple things at one time. Like that like mm-hmm. my life has been um it's been crippling. So it's like it's just so such bigger things than that. And so um having yeah, a of Yeah, you're right. Kind of we
2: have yeah, we've collo- we've colloquialized so many of these massive things. Yeah. And, and we are now encouraging self-diagnosis, which I also understand given that especially women have a difficult time getting a diagnosis yeah. for literally anything. Oh, oh uh, and I'm I'm
0: all for self-diagnosis. Yeah. It's just the it's just there has to be like there has to be a balance. It's like yeah, just Yeah, there has to be more can... info as
2: well as yeah. to like
0: what that thing is
2: because mm-hmm. I, you know, technically have a short attention span. I can't uh, read and I, I, you know, I have to do like multiple things at the same time. I definitely do not have ADHD. I can have ADHD adjacent tendencies, but I live with someone who i live with two people who have severe adhd where they can't fucking get anything done oh my gosh and it like makes everyone angry with them everyone's disappointed they can't get back to anyone they can't finish a task they are tortured by their inability to finish a simple task because they don't want to live in the, but they can't tolerate the boredom of yeah. getting the task done and it's not that they are being spoiled they literally have like a i believe that there's like increasing research to say that there's like a severe dopamine deficiency in people oh, with adhd huge. and yeah. so the the lack of dopamine in, in fulfilling a mundane task is actually unbearable, right? To people with ADHD, rejection feels much worse. Apparently, to someone with it's, ADHD, yeah,
0: it's every, every all of your emotions feel heightened. You get flooded. There's no middle ground. It's either like I am going to do everything or literally Mm. nothing. And if you get pulled away, like if I am on a roll and someone um, interrupts me, it will send me almost into like a toddler fit because I'm like, this was my one chance. Like this, my brain was finally locked in and you Mm. just took me from it. Like you it's like someone is just like hurting you in the worst possible way. And it's not on purpose. Like, and then when you feel things that you're flooded, you're just flooded. And yeah, your inability to connect with people. Like I, I call myself a social ghost, a social sprinter, like either, you know, I am sprinting in a party and I lose steam five minutes in and I'm like, I need to go and I need to recharge for like 17 days. I am so deeply depleted that like, (laughs) even my best friend and like my husband will not fix this in me. I, he, my husband, he does not recharge me. I love him so much. I need to be completely alone in total silence or watching like reality TV where someone's screaming at me. How
2: are you a mom? Like with that, like, how do you do that? That's amazing. That's one of the reasons I could, I couldn't do it is because I, I need to go and be
0: alone for days. Well, I work. So, my husband, I'm not a stay at home mom. I tried it and Mm -hmm. it was um, the worst experience I've ever had. I love my son so much, and I was not built to be a stay at home parent. And uh, so when I got done with my maternity leave, I was working full time and taking care of him. My husband was working and he came home and said, I want to stay home with August. Like, I don't know how you feel about that. And I was like, I don't want to, like, this is the best, like, I'm so glad we feel this way. So, so there's that where I do only, you know, I'm with him and when I'm with him, it's me and him, but like, I have the break of work and that's really good for my brain. And Jonas is wired to do that all day. But honestly, it's a lot of being really honest with myself and not feeling like I should be feeling any certain way. Like Mm -hmm. I struggle with that. The first year of him existing is like, I should want to be here right now. I should feel happy. I should like be able to, to be home 24 seven with this person screaming at me and abusing me. Like, a baby not a Mm. (laughs) like they don't have any emotional regulation and um and you shouldn't nobody should do anything when they're a parent it's only what works for you and and letting go of those expectations are important
2: yeah that's best for the baby as well because like a happy happy parent is only going to oh yeah like better for your own mental health as the child who's around that like this this like obsession with making mothers be martyrs and go against all of their natural instincts as to what they need to do to self-preserve it means that someone's running on empty uh and then unable to really give that baby you know what they want to give the baby yeah. it's not fair um another thing with ADHD that i think uh is a kind of unsung struggle from what i understand now living with um people who have it is the misunderstanding that people have about you, that it's a moral failing, right? I used Mm -hmm. to think that they had a moral failing. Like, that's like, how the fuck can you focus for 17 hours on this, but you can't Mm -hmm. make a cup of tea or you can't write back to this person about the important thing that our like mortgage depends on or whatever, (laughs) like, because we all live here together. And so we're all responsible for stuff together. And someone drops a really important ball, but then is able to focus on a task, uh, unendingly with perfect focus. I didn't understand hyperfocus. I didn't understand hyperfocus can also happen even in ADHD. Oh
0: yeah. And so I, so I
2: used to get mad in a way that now I don't, I recognize that like, oh, it's because this task is boring and you aren't being a brat. You actually yeah. have like a, they're, they're all on medication now, which has massively helped yeah. the dopamine regulation, but Jesus How are, Christ, it must be really, it must, I I have so much more empathy now that I understand it. And I deeply regret not having understood it before.
0: I think that the the hardest part, especially for me, that the biggest downfall that affects me and in, in my life is the relational aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. I function, in relationship very differently, almost like an alien compared to other people. And it's really hard. Like, it's really hard to be fully honest, to maintain any type of relationship. I, I do not get to people like get back to people. I do not text them back. I I really struggle with my emails. I never answer a phone call. If you give me a voicemail, I'm never going to hear it. Like (laughs) I have to have people that I trust and feel safe with text me to let me know that someone else texted me like it's like it's I really really struggle with it and for people that don't yeah yeah,
2: literally my my boyfriend is one of those people who's got the severe ADHD and whenever people are like just get back to
0: me I always say text in caps lock and he will respond to you immediately yeah and he'd have to text my husband (laughs) to text me so if it's really serious, they'll text my husband, and Jonas will call me and be, or text me and be like, "Hey, can you go get back to your mom? Like she really needs to talk." Yeah. To you.
2: <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, Dear I'm God. On, I'm I'm everyone's port of call yeah. in, in all of these boys' lives. Like everyone's mother has my number. They're in my DMs. Like yep. I have, it's I have, a nightmare. I'm I I like
0: honestly, I have like a, I moonlight as just like their assistant, yeah, their communications assistant. <laughs> that is the life of 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 Loving somebody with ADHD, it's like you become this person whether you wanted to or not. It's it's really hard, and it's very honestly like thank you for doing that because um, I don't have I wouldn't have relationships without Jonas carrying the burden of a lot of that emotional work. Like I just wouldn't, and I would be genuinely okay with it, which is very bizarre to say. I I love being in relationship with people. But the fear of it is so crippling that I would rather just not have one like with somebody like be a friend. I would rather not have a friend than have to maintain a friendship, which is so hard for me because right. then I get yeah. depressed and lonely and I, I wish I could. And that's where that like shame and that should shooting on myself kind of happens. But you have to surround yourself with people that know you, like really know you and and can make up the difference um, because they love you. And And that's a really important thing.
2: I did the Jesus thing, you know, which is a sentence I don't say often in any context, but I was like, he fucking
0: knew 12
2: people was the most people, 12 people, 12 apostles, 12 friends. (laughs) I was like, 12 friends is at best the most I will ever be able to
0: manage. I've got two and I'm like, I don't know if I can do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of mine are on the other side of the pond. So they don't call me either. So it's perfect. Um, But like, that's why I live with my friends. So that we, because we're all fucking useless and we'd never see anyone ever again. (laughs) Yeah, We would all have beards that start under our eyeballs that just sort of grow out of our eyeballs. And we'd never like, just like Howard Hughes, just long toenails that (laughs) called it, like curled into themselves. Uh, And so living together was the only way that we could guarantee that we would all be social and see each other. Oh yeah.
0: It's the, it's the object permanence. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, So it's really, that is how I operate 20. That is my whole life. People, things, money, jobs, if I yeah. cannot see it right in front of me, it doesn't exist. And oh, no, it even is my bad. boyfriend,
2: as soon as he, yeah. like, as soon as he leaves the house, like, he's dead to me. Yeah. He is dead <laughs> to me this until he comes back. And then I'm like, oh my God, I love you. You're so hot. But yeah. I
0: hadn't, while he was gone, I had no idea who he was. Yeah. Um, this is why my, my, my husband sends <laughs> me photos of my son. Like, all day because he's like hey just remember you've got a family <laughs> it's like, and then I just put my phone on do not disturb because I'm like I can't see this right now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's kind of helpful for us because we don't have children that you know he goes off and
2: he tours and I go off and I oh uh, yeah, film and we don't like struggle immensely with it because yeah. we are able to just because you can you know, just yeah, yeah well, we forget the other one exists like we have two different types of neurodivergence Yeah, that mean that we both just cut each other out of our lives. There was a it time my led life where to I cheating, that. Which is, which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's only been eight and a half years. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Knock no, on wood. I just wood. don't want, I don't want anyone. I just want to be alone. As soon as I'm alone, I just want to stay alone. I have no craving for other people. And unless you are thrust in front of me, I have no, I, I have no interest. Really I wouldn't. Yeah. 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 It's it so funny. Not. And then people think you're cold and you're yeah. not cold. You're And then you're so warm when you see them and they can't um, they can't, uh, what's the word? Um, they can't relate that, I guess, to no. the person, uh, who is, ignores them, them. so distant and <laughs> yeah. ignores them. And when they first walk in a room, looks at them like they've like, I've never met you before.
0: Yeah. And how do you reconcile that? Well, so I have two best friends and, and we have a group text and, uh, I feel safer texting the group text than I do them individually. Cause again, just people scare me. And if I send it to a group text, it feels more like an abyss. I'm just shooting a shot into, you know. And I'm like, who knows is going to read this? There's two people other than me in this. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to read it, but I was like, who knows? It's a stranger on the other end of that. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. and that's easier for me. And they've kind of accommodated me as a friend. But then when we get in person, it's the same. I'm like. Think we're related in some way. You're my family. Like we share some DNA. Like I am you. You are me. Like (laughs) we are soulmates. (laughs) Like it's it's very interesting. So yeah, Yeah. I can't I can't do more than a couple people other than my family because I just I'm not going to give them what they need in a relationship, and that's okay. I've accepted it about myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So getting back to what it is that you're doing with this career path that you have grown, um, in sharing and helping people feel less alone. What do you have now? Like, where is this going? And, and what do you hope to achieve? Gosh,
0: I am, I have, <laughs> I've never been somebody that if you ask me, what's your five-year plan, I could tell you because- No, no,
2: same, 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 same. Okay. I just wonder. But, uh, but I'm saying my, what's your manipulative little plan? Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> Here's my five How year else plan. are you going to douse us with Invest your lies? Invest today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, are Hello, the, how are you going to s- steal our money and our time
0: <laughs> and ruin our children? Go on. <laughs> um, no, I, my, my three, go- my three goals when I make content is to uh, make people feel seen, um, loved and like they belong. And mm-hmm. um, so, Anything that I do, I filter through those three things, and um, that's honestly my goal long term till the day I die. That's not just a job thing, that's a family thing, that's a friend thing, that's just an existing human thing. And um, my goal is to honestly take this as far as I can without losing myself. And if I ever feel like it is not possible for me to remain myself and to be healthy and to be a, a a healthy friend, mom and, and wife, um, and love what I'm doing, then I will just jump ship and go back to web development. Cause I would much rather do that than be famous. This is like the human heart was not built for fame and it's very, very bizarre. Talk and to me uh, about
2: that. Talk to me about that. Cause it's interesting.
0: Well, my, uh, my, one of my good friends, Ben, uh, told me that, uh, before I got famous, <laughs> he, he is famous. <laughs> so he said the human heart's not meant for fame. And I was like, um, I can see that conceptually as something I would understand to be true, but I not until I experienced it. Um, you're not meant to have the entire world know your name. You're not meant to be going out in public and having people stopping you and introducing some, themselves to you. You're not meant for your people to know your family by name when you've never met them. And um, it happens And you and I'm grateful that I have impact, but my human brain and my human heart is not meant to be known by this many people. Um, I can't personally have a relationship with all of them. And so for them to know me and me not know them is just on a scientific level, I'm sure we'll study it in a hundred years and look back and be like, how did people survive? You know, <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting. And so my, um, one of my friends who, who lives
2: with me at the moment, um, she just said to me, I just don't want to be perceived. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. What a lovely way of saying that. I yeah. just do not wish to be perceived.
0: She doesn't not, not even by us who live in no. the house. Yeah. She just, not even by herself. Yeah. She doesn't even want to have. Yeah. yeah. It's, I understand that a hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, but while saying all of that, I also understand that like incredible impact and, and life changing moments have come through me to people because of what I've shared and I can't discount that and so my goal is genuinely to just take this as far as I can until I don't feel safe in it anymore and I don't know if that's going to be 50 years from now I hope I hope it is but it might be five it might be three it might be next month and um and I think that like, I don't want to be a person that stays in it so long that they lose themselves in it. That really, that really scares me because I yeah. can do that in anything. It doesn't have to be this career. I've done that in personal relationships. I've done that in jobs I've had in the past and I don't want to lose myself again. I've finally gotten back to, to me and, um, I won't let anyone take that away from me. And so, um, that's my goal, <laughs> I guess. Is Yeah. And, and yeah. also
2: like, you know, you've, you've not just done this because you were creating a casual outlet You've continued on because you can see a gap, not just in the market, but a gap in our sort of social infrastructure in which there are a lot of people, especially women, feeling like they can be themselves, they can be raw, they can go... Makeup free or filter free, they can let their curly hair uh just ex- yeah. exist in in freedom, even though I love curly hair and I fucking curl my hair to make my <laughs> hair look like your fucking hair grows <laughs> out of your head. And then, I don't know, like my friends with curly hair want straight hair. It's just oh, inf- yeah, it's we an hate infuriating, it. We hate endless, like, <laughs> like hyperloop of bullshit. Um, but, you know, people have opinions on your appearance. and. Yeah.
0: So many like it. opinions that I don't even I don't even want I don't even have those opinions I don't even have as so many opinions about myself <laughs> that you have about me like it's actually
2: really you, impressive if someone is able to out bully you like, yeah in I'm the like, way that like we have bully you ourselves you the way I talk so to myself
0: well. <laughs> like. You've said something I haven't said to myself. That is honestly impressive. I'm taking notes and using that later when I hate myself. But people feel
2: like even you deciding not to wear the makeup or not to do your hair in the morning uh, is like a bit in some way of you trying to get attention or manipulate people. It's so fucking insane. Because if you did
0: do yourself up, they'd be like, why'd you do yourself up? A hundred percent. I saw a video of somebody on an account. You know those accounts where they are like, the success to someone going viral, like their whole account account is based on like teaching you how to go viral. Have you seen those? Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Um, So they, I just was scrolling on my for you page, which is literally why I'm taking a break from social media right now. Um, I I saw a video of of me pop up of this person, like green screening in front of my face. Like here's how Elise Myers goes viral every time. (gasps) And he's like breaking what I do down onto like a scientific, like molecular level. And I'm like, my dude, you have put more thought into this one video than I have put into my entire career. Like I have never consciously decided to do anything any of this like saying like I I, exactly I don't do my makeup so that I appear more relatable I don't do my hair I he said that I go and make my hair more messy and change my clothes (laughs) and I was like oh you've never had a newborn that makes sense you've never been depressed got it like it it's just it's wild to me like I and I I think that that's why I've stayed in it is because like I do so many things that are so natural to me that are life-changing for people that it's like okay, like, I'm just going to keep doing that. Like, I'm just gonna share like, okay, side note though, for people to be like, you're so brave. Like when I just have my face on a camera, like you're so brave for like (laughs) just showing up with that face. Like you're a monster. Like I don't use filters for
2: the reason of the fact that not only is it going to fuck up the people who look at me, but it's going to fuck up me. It's well, going to fuck me up. It's going to make me then look in the mirror and hate my nose and then go to a doctor and then want to change my nose to make it look like the nose from the filter, which looks like Voldemort well, half yeah. the time. Like we just, they just want us to have no noses now. Women zero. Un-noses. not allowed. To, we used to not be allowed to have any fat. Now we are not allowed to have a nose. We are allowed two very small nostrils that have no hair in
0: them and- Which I've tried and is so unhealthy. I'm just smelling everything and getting sick. I uh, no,
2: I just like my like people zoom in on my nose hair in um,
0: like paparazzi
2: will zoom in if I have one little nose hair coming out and uh, publish the photograph just of the tip of my nose with the nose hair coming out. It's like, that is a fucking normal thing
0: to have. That's crazy. It's
2: so funny to me. And I just don't mind my nose. Hair. I just don't mind my messy eyebrows. I don't my, I don't care that I haven't changed my fucking hairstyle. In, yes, thirty five years that is a a very long time
0: <laughs> but nor did George Clooney so I mean you just have off. hair I don't under like I genuinely don't understand like but I it's yeah. just a uh, it's it's just uh, we we
2: are we are born to be judged we are born to be uh scrutinized it's such a weird thing and i I think it's great that you reject it and and it's
0: it's better for your mental health right I, well yeah and I think I think honestly it goes back to me just like I really struggle with not being honest, and I genuinely... like that's why I'm really bad at acting. I love acting and it's fun, but then the moment I get on a set, I'm like, these people know I'm lying right now. Like, ev- like not the people watching mm. what I'm going to act in, but the people filming me. I'm like, they are aware that I am lying. <laughs> like, I really mm. so a filter doing, doing my makeup that wasn't already done doing hair that wasn't like I did. I, I respect and love you so much. I didn't get ready for this physically in any way, like this, this interview, like, well, it's fine. and it's, but the thing is, it's because I didn't get ready for you. I was okay. doing something else this morning, <laughs> but, but like, if I were to, I would be sitting here thinking like, I'm lying to her right now. It's, and that's not true because I can go get ready for an event and I can look different in yeah. different settings, but that is more where it stems from me of like, I just didn't think about making this conscious decision because I'm just showing up the way I am. And for people to be like, that's radical. I'm like, well, I can keep doing that. That's easy. It's then seeing people that hate you because you look the way you do. It's like, well, that's just me. I didn't I, I can't hide that. You just hate my face. Like, I can't really do anything about that. No, I just really think if you hate anything, if you hate
2: something about someone where they're not doing something horrible. care too horrible, much. No, you just hate yourself. You just Mm. hate yourself and there's so much hatred in you that now it's got no space and it needs to come back out out of you onto other people. Mm. And when you see parts of other people that remind you of yourself, parts of yourself that maybe you judge or don't like, then you feel the need to attack that because you feel like if you attack it in someone else, then you're able to attack Mm. it and erase it from yourself. It's like a you think it purifies you. It's why liberals fucking attack other liberals who make mistakes it's why we all like the right wing attack each other it, it goes into politics it goes into social politics it goes into uh school the way that we treat you know anyone we deem to be weak or other um And that was always me (laughs) Um, at school. Uh, We just have a need to attack that always comes from an unhappy place. And, And I think the reason I know this is that I was a fucking hater when I was like 23, 24, 25. I was just talking shit about people publicly on radio, on Twitter. I was just being a total fucking cunt about like famous people, including famous women. And I feel so mortified that I used to do that. But I was like a miserable, mentally ill, Bitch. I was just a fucking bitch who hated my life and I couldn't see that my self-hatred was just like pouring out on everyone else. I was just projecting, projecting, projecting. And now as a much happier person 10 years later, it would not cross my mind to go and randomly write a mean comment or a snarky tweet yeah. or a, a mean dehumanizing joke for the sake of the clicks and the claps. Like now when I am personal, it's because someone's done something fucking deplorable yeah. where they aren't behaving like a de- a human. So I don't feel like I'm dehumanizing them. Mm. But I never come for someone who's just doing what they're doing and enjoying themselves anymore because I'm no longer miserable myself.
0: Sorry. I also my couldn't imagine having the time. I'm like, you
2: yeah. must have so much time. I have, time. <laughs> I have the time. I have the time. I just don't have the inclination. And that's a really nice sign of like my yeah. own personal progress. I was such a fucking cunt. I can't <gasps> even, I had a whole blog of being a cunt. It was like my brand. I'm so mortified by myself. I, I remain, missed like, that
0: season of you. I'm it was I awful.
2: I did not. And I'm honestly just like continuing to like try to be good in this world so I can like make up for my carbon cunt footprint. Did you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that really
0: took me by surprise. I didn't Sorry. expect that one. Uh, she... just... Oh God, I'm hot with shame. Oh God. Oh. Did, does that follow you everywhere you, like in your brain? Like, does that follow you with like people knowing that about you? Like, no, people I've don't never... know that about me.
2: That was in England. That was, a, was another oh. career ago. I just feel the need to explain it to people because I want people to know that we can all change and we can all do better. And then wow. I, as the, the king of the cunts can become better <laughs> like than anyone can like you should write an autobiography (laughs) and like
0: make that the title (laughs) (laughs) and instead of queen like a king and you're standing on the throne like this you've got your leg just like my big cunt beard yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah i just oh god i'm so sorry if you were listening to this with your kids anyone (laughs) They have a new word now But I yeah oh
0: my okay. gosh I'll well do a they, I'm at the really top proud of, this of you for changing it's <laughs> gonna have an e hundred percent thanks have an I'm e. proud
2: of you for never having been this way even though you also had your own mental health struggles thank you for not taking it out on other people I just did it to myself yeah so it's all good I did it internally. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a nightmare it's an I'm a nightmare um but you know we all make mistakes <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's part two of the autobiography. Is like I'm a nightmare.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just. A, but again, that's a, that's for me is also the other way in which I don't choose to filter myself. Right. That yeah. for me feels like pretending that like washing away my mistakes feels like washing away my pores mm. and my nose, eradicating my nose. Yeah. Like washing away all the ugly parts of me that. I can explain, even if I'm still, and if I'm even if I'm not excusing them, I can explain them. Like uh, it feels like filtering who I am, and if I filter my past and I erase my mistakes, and I can never learn from them, and I no one can ever love me for who I am now. Yeah. The people who listen to this podcast know all of my fucking gross yeah. parts and like worst tendencies and like shitty ineptitudes, um, and they continue to listen in spite of that, and I feel so much more seen and loved and accepted. Well, yeah, because that's of real that. love. That, Even like, if they judge me for it, I at least know that they still show up.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for when, people I really forgive, when people say forgive, when people say and forget, I I literally say forgive and tattoo on the inside of my eyelids. Like I'm never gonna forget. Like yeah. if I if like I people that love me need to know everything I've done, or else if they say they love you, I'm like you don't know me, you don't know no, any. love the yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so so I fully am in full support of that. Like it's yeah you you have to share all of that with people but it also gives
2: permission in the same way you give permission to a mother to just like fucking just get through the day without oh, yeah. having to look like a cookie cutter 1950s poster of what a mother's supposed to look like it's the same thing that I'm trying to do is, is give people permission to have fucked up and to have learned and That's to really still have more growth and learning to do and that it's okay this perfectionism that we we burden women with in every single way not just aesthetically is exactly what's holding us back and it's fucking deliberate it's mm. to waste our time and to stop us from growing as people. So, wow, I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out together. Man. Figure it out. Okay. It's been so nice to talk to you, by the way. This Thank you. This has been you. such a lovely chat. We'll I know. We'll never speak to each other again because of our personalities, I think. <laughs> I but if I bump into you anywhere in the
0: world, I uh, I can't wait I to, have give to you I have to say, if, if you would have told me like five years ago that I would be talking to you casually, I would have been like, you are fucking out of your mind. Like, I... <laughs> I just like, I watched, I watched you on the good place and you were my favorite character in that show. And, um, just me on my couch, depressed as shit, like five years ago would have never believed I'd be chatting with you. So this is genuinely very full circle in a very surreal
2: way. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I, well, I mean, look, I'm a massive admirer of yours and I'm, uh, I'm very happy to have you here. I think that the way that you put yourself across the world is very helpful and I know it doesn't come at zero cost to you. I'm well aware that that's a sacrifice, but um, a lot of people really appreciate it. And I think it's it's very cool. I'm not going to say Thank brave, you. but it's very cool.
0: <laughs> You're so <laughs> brave. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and I love your face exactly as it is, just Thank to you. put that on the record. Um, Same. Before you go,
0: Elise, will you tell me, what do you weigh? Yes. I'm so glad someone prepped me for this question because I would have given (laughs) you a literal number. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been like, that's rude. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm supposed to have a funny answer because the example I was given was like funny, but the, the thing that um, me and and my family kind of really prioritizes healthy and together. And we have um, these values that, that I kind of run everything through of like, Um, everything I do, I try and and keep me like mentally and physically and like emotionally healthy and it keeps me and my family uh, together and it keeps me together like with myself. And, um, honestly, I weigh a lot of my life and a lot of my decisions and a lot of my feelings through that, those two filters, um, healthy and together. And it's like something that's just tattooed on the inside of my heart that like will always be, those are, those are the two things that I, I can control and, uh, And I can always monitor that I can't, there's a lot out in my life that I cannot control, Mm -hmm. but those are the things that I, I can do something about if they start to get kind of unbalanced and uh, um, yeah. And, and healthy mostly means just like mentally and like, you know, my, my schedule is balanced. Not like I'm eating salads. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just, I'm making sure my, my heart is um, healthy. It's, it's, it's focused, it's present, it's um, available, it's interruptible, it's, uh, influenceable by the people i love the most thank you for that and good luck
2: with this pregnancy and thank you. with everything you're trying to achieve before the end of the pregnancy yeah. so you can chill <laughs> we'll see. um enjoy your social media break and all of the breaks that you have coming up thank and you. and i hope that this is an easier ride than the last one and at the very least you know you were able to weather that storm and you came out yeah. the other side and i'm sure that's incredibly reassuring but um yeah. It's I, I massively admire anyone who goes through this. I think you're all legends. <laughs>
0: Thank I you. I really do. It's a freaking <laughs> miracle. Honestly, I can't believe the human race has survived by like the choice of women and like just people carrying babies just being like, we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, crazy yeah, but to but me. But that's
2: why everyone tries to destroy us because we're so fucking cool.
0: Yeah, we are, honestly, yeah, we are. Actually, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Even some of us <laughs> who are assholes like
2: me still, it's cool. It's cool it's cool that we exist we're very powerful very scary and that's why they tried to destroy us because they're scared of us Uh, at least you've been a joy thank you so much for coming thank you Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Way with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. we would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners.
1: I weigh my strength, my determination, my perseverance, my ability to heal those around me, and my love and hope for humanity. Justin, and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.